Hi, what's happening? What is happening? What's going on? Welcome into Sports Betting Daily. How are we doing out there? How are we doing on a uh, Monday? Today is the day after Christmas. Happy holidays. Happy holiday season. Happy uh, Merry Christmas. Hopefully it was a good time for you, whether you spent some time with friends and family, went and did some stuff, certainly, you know, hopefully watched some football. Uh, hopefully it was a good time for you. So again, happy holidays to everyone out there. Hope you had a great Christmas and appreciate you joining us on today's show. And uh, today we have several things we're going to go over. Um, we're going to talk about the market, okay? Because the market is something that I think it can be a little ambiguous. We throw around the market on here a lot. I was actually having a discussion at a little Christmas thing and this came up, right? The market, what exactly is the market? So we'll talk about that. Um, I heard from a listener uh, a couple days ago about something a little different. Uh, I do a different podcast called College Football Tailgate. And on that show, we have a Patreon. And this listener brought up the Patreon and how that differs from other paid services. So we'll definitely dive into that as well. And then to wrap today's show up, stay tuned. We have a pick, one pick for tomorrow in the NHL. So all that on today's podcast. But let's start off with the market because I think this can be kind of confusing for a lot of people, especially if you're just getting going in sports betting because many people out there think the market means the sports book. And it really is not the same thing. Sports books and the market are two different things. The market's kind of more of, of an idea, right, than, than, than what's offered at any given sports book. But the two things are, are certainly intermingled. They're just not the same thing. So let's talk about this. Now, to understand what the market is, we have to understand the two different kinds of sports books that exist. There are retail sports books and there are market making sports books. Market-making sportsbooks are very rare. Almost no one listening to this podcast right now deals with a market-making sportsbook. And it's unfortunate because as much as we've progressed, especially in America recently with the legalization of sports betting, you don't find that many sportsbooks that are willing to be a market maker because it's much more difficult to run a market making sports book than it is a retail sports book. Now you can make more money doing this, but it is more difficult. And the difference in these two business models is this market making sports books do just that. They open up the market. They make the initial numbers, the opening lines, and then they'll move their lines based on action from sports bettors. Retail sports books don't open lines up Oh, don't open lines up until much later in the process. So the market makers open lines up. Okay. That's why they're called the market makers. And they sort of get this whole process going. So they're, so what they do is they actually, these market makers will offer better lines instead of minus 110, minus 110, they may offer minus 105, minus 105 right? It's a much better bet with the market makers. And what they do is in like in exchange for offering these, these cheaper prices, they get much bigger bets from big sports bettors. The limits are higher, they get bigger bets, and it ends up being worth their while in the long run because they can balance their action. Because again, they're taking a lot of money from all different kinds of sides and they get, they get the benefit of seeing who's betting what early in the process at the max limit. So market makers can actually get away with, it's, it's part of their business model to offer better lines. That's why I love betting with market makers because you're going to get a better price. Retail sports books, which most of you listening are betting with retail sports books almost exclusively, right? These are your BetMGM's, Caesars, FanDuel, uh, DraftKings kind of fits into that category, points bet, whatever it may be. Like, these are the retail sports books. They would rather spend their money 
on things like commercials, customer acquisition, customer retention. Um, anytime you get a bonus, right? This is them spending money in those ways. Now, how it comes back to hurt us or on the back end is their prices are different, right? So instead of offering minus 105, minus 105, they'll offer minus 110, minus 110. And what we're seeing more and more of is some of these greedy retail books are even offering minus 115 or minus 120, minus 120. It's ridiculous. So that's the main difference is market making books. Not only are they opening lines up and getting the very first bets in the market, they're offering better prices. Okay. So that's the, the, the business model point of view, but from the actual journey of the line, how the line is made, um, that's that they open up at market making books. Okay. Let's just use an example. I think it may be more clear to use an example. Uh, let's use a, uh, let's use a baseball game. It's not baseball season. So there's not going to be any games that we have to deal with or worry about. So let's use a baseball game. What will happen in baseball is bet online is a market maker in baseball. Okay. So bet online, which is an offshore sports book will open up numbers before anybody else. And so all the professionals who bet baseball, including myself, have to be with Bet Online because they're offering the best opening numbers. So if you're going to always consistently beat the market, you have to always consistently have access to the opening numbers, aka for this situation, Bet Online. So what'll happen is, let's say, I don't know, 10 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time. Well, this is an example. So roughly 10 o'clock a.m. Mountain Time, lines open up for the next day. Okay, so you see all these lines for the next day at 10 a.m. the current day. And they're only available on Bet Online when they first open up. And so Bet Online opens all these lines up, and then the pros start to make max bets on all the games they like. And typically, you're only going to get these max bets because limits are so low at this point in the process, relative or relatively to other uh, uh, sports books or other places in the market where you can bet especially later on. I mean, I don't even know if BetMGM will take a bet as big as the opening lines will take at, at you know, bet online, despite the fact of them being labeled low limits. I digress. That's how they're opened up is they open up at bet online, these baseball lines. And then through the course of about half hour to an hour, these lines are adjusted. And these sports books themselves go, oh shit, we were wrong here. And how do they know they were wrong? Because three really good sports bettors just bet the same side of one game. The first winning sports better bet this team minus 110. So you move the line to minus 120, right? Well, then sports better, the second sports better comes up, sports better B, and bets the same team minus 120. So you go, oh, shit, maybe I was wrong with 120. Let's raise it to 135. And the third winning sports better, sports better C, bets that team minus 135. So you move the line to minus 150 and then the betting kind of stops, right? That's how these lines are adjusted early in the process. So that's the market. The market is the combination of the early sports books and the sports bettors and them together decide on what the best price is. And I should actually not give the books that much credit because even the market making books like bet online don't have a huge, a huge influence on the final quote unquote, final price that you're going to see in, in the market, right? It's, it's more about what the sports bettors think and the winning bettors who adjust the market. That, that's how the market is dictated. So it's, it's actually quite common in a sport like the MLB to where they'll open up a game minus 110, minus 110, or minus 105, minus 105, let's say, 
And then by time it's it's all ironed out, one team is minus 175. That's not the, you know, most rare thing in the world. It happens. Certainly, you know, more than you may think. So my point here is there is a process and these opening lines, these opening books are not always super accurate. A lot of people out there think these bookies are just, you worship the bookies. How do they do what they do? It's not the bookies. It's the people who bet into the books and then the books adjust the prices based on the sports betters. So when we talk about the market, the market is really what the sports bettors collectively, the winning sports bettors in the world have to say about any given game. And once a line settles and you don't really get action on either side, that's the market settling on a number, which by definition, there's really not a lot of value left. So I don't want to make this too confusing, but the the takeaway here is the market is a way of saying, what do the smartest, most profitable, successful sports bettors in the world think about any given game? And when the market settles on a number, that is those betters settling on a, a number that no longer has value. Okay, in, in the NFL, if the Denver Broncos open up minus three against the uh, LA Chargers, and again, Denver minus three, LA Chargers plus three, and there's a ton of money on Denver, and Denver gets bet up all the way to minus six, okay, but then the money stops, and there's no money on Denver minus six, and there's no money on the uh, Chargers plus six. That means by definition, there was value at Broncos minus three, Broncos minus three and a half, Broncos minus four, Broncos minus four and a half, Broncos minus five, Broncos minus five and a half, but no longer value at six. Now, once you get to six and a half, there may be buyback for the other side, the Chargers. So what that tells us is there's value for the Chargers at plus six and a half and plus seven and plus seven and a half and plus eight and all the way up, right? There's just no value for either side at that six. And it is always precisely that number which the market will settle on, especially for games like baseball, football, where it's it's a strong market. So the market is everyone's opinion put together into one number. It has nothing to do with the actual sports books, okay? And just to kind of finish the process, by the way, market makers open the lines up, sports bettors adjust those lines, and then... Later on in the process, once all those lines have finally settled and the value's gone, then BetMGM and FanDuel and Caesars open those lines up. So that's why I say almost by definition, it is impossible just to bet with BetMGM and win because the lines they're putting up have been picked through and sifted through. And if you're only betting retail sports books, you're only shopping on Black Friday at 3 p.m. when the shelves are empty. That's what you're doing with these retail sports books. So that's the journey of the line, right? And and again, I just wanted to say my little piece there on retail sports books, but that's what the market is. The market is what everyone's collective opinion is that boils down to that one, to that one number. And my last kind of uh, note here is this process from opening lines with market makers to where they've actually come out with the retail sports books that can take anywhere from 30 minutes to 24 hours. I've seen college football lines open up Sunday at noon for the following week, and they're not on BetMGM until Monday at noon, right? So sometimes you do have to wait 24 full hours for these lines to show up on retail sports books. And the way to tell how long it's going to take the less confident the sports books are, the retail sports books are, the longer they'll wait. 
they want to make sure there is no value by the time they're posting their picks. So, all right, uh, let's move on. That has that uh, does it for the market. Let's talk about a, uh, a, a comment I got. One of the listeners, one of you reached out. Appreciate all of you reaching out. You can contact the show if you'd like on Twitter at SBD underscore pod at SBD underscore POD, or you can email the show admin at woozmedia.com. That's admin at W-O-O-Z-E media.com. So this individual listener had, uh, it seemed like some concerns because I had been pretty vocal in the past about it's not worth it to buy picks. It's not worth it to buy a subscription to a lot of these services that promise you winning picks, winning information, things like that. Right? I've been very vocal about that. And it really does boil down to, you know, there there are several things. Is it an ethical reason? Is it, you know, worth it? But I think it's 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 a paradox because at the end of the day, I talked about this, I think, last week or two weeks ago. It's the paradox of winning information. And the the idea is if there truly is something out there that's good enough to beat the market, it won't take long for everyone to catch up. So all these things put together, I don't recommend spending money for for these sort of services. And this one listener asked me about a different podcast I do because on this other podcast we have, we offer a Patreon. Okay, so let's talk about this. I do it every podcast. I, I, I'd mention it sometimes on this show. It's called College Football Tailgate. And we talk, obviously, about college football. We do some other stuff, have some fun, have, you know, kind of goof around on that show. But it is about college football and handicapping. And we do uh, give picks out, things like that on the show. So uh, it is a little bit different, though, right? We have a Patreon for that podcast. And the entire setup from that show and this show is the fundamental reason why the Patreon even exists in the first place, right? Sports Betting Daily, I've said this before, this is more for me, this is therapeutic, this is a hobby for me, so I really don't, don't do that much advertising, things like that. It's a way for me to sort of get off my chest what builds up during the day sitting by the you know behind the computer, working up all this angst toward the bookies. But honestly, in all, you know, in all seriousness, College Ball Tailgate is different because there's two co-hosts on that show with me and I like to take care of them, right? So we have more advertising on that show. Uh, we have different ways for the audience to to help out, you know, for, uh, uh, to, to, to give here or there, right? To contribute, however, support the show, right? You know, in different ways monetarily. So that's more what that's for. And that Patreon for College Ball Tailgate, and go check it out if you haven't, because I honestly don't talk a ton about that on this podcast. Uh, you know, we just kind of keep it for that show. But go check it out if you're interested. The, the, the podcast in general, we give out a lot of picks, a lot, a lot of the handicap are really good and, and deep handicaps. We've got, given out a lot of winners this year in the last couple of years. But the Patreon is, you know, we do extra fun podcasts on there. We talk about aliens and conspiracy theories on the Patreon. We give recipes, you know, and, and, and the, the power rankings that I put up there are just another way to give the listeners of that, t- of that podcast just some more stuff, right? For five bucks a month. So I am very clear on that podcast, this is not one of those services that sells picks or sells this winning information. Now, is the winning is the information I give via the power rankings that I put on the the podcast or on the uh, Patreon? Is it winning information? Of course it is, but it's not near the same stuff as like these other places charging 20, 30 bucks a month who promise, you know, that that's what you're buying from them. You're buying the picks. You're buying that information. It's not really the same thing here, right, with this. So I appreciate this listener asking and reaching out and saying, you know, what is the difference between your Patreon and, and other services? Because what that means is everyone out there is learning, right? We're approaching things the, the right way. I loved hearing this. I didn't have any 
negative thoughts. This didn't, you know, get to me anyway, because this is a good question. You, all of you should be thinking this and asking things like this, especially if you've come across the Patreon, right? Like why, why pay money for this and don't pay money for other things? So honestly, at the end of the day, here's my answer for the Patreon in general. Uh, well, and I don't know if I've made this clear. I put my power rankings up there. We'll talk about that in a second with the paradox winning info. But if you're interested in using power ratings, I think it's a decent outlet, certainly for five bucks a month. But I don't think the listeners of this show really need something like that. I mean, I talk about everywhere where I find my, my value. I give a lot of ways to do your own things. So I truly don't believe that it's a necessary tool if you're going to win betting college football. Is it fun? Is it a fun tool and fun toy to use? Absolutely it is. But that's about where it begins and ends, right? So at the end of the day, we're just talking about such different things. And I don't think that a lot of listeners even of this show would you know, spend five bucks and, and, you know, it'd be worth it. Now, a lot of you may find it really fun, but at the end of the day, I think that it's it's just so different than the classic pick sellers or other services, quote unquote, than what we do. So if you're interested, go check out college football tailgate, especially on Patreon. We have some fun there, do some different stuff, but this off season coming up, uh, not a whole lot that is going to be going on there, but either way, appreciate you reaching out, asking about that. And I do think that, Let's talk quickly about the paradox of winning information because I, I did a show on this. Was it last week, two weeks ago? And this is a real thing. If there is winning info out there that's truly beating the market, it won't take long for others to catch up, start using that info, and it's only a matter of time till that information is not usable anymore, right? That doesn't exist with what we're doing for with our Patreon for two reasons. The first is I only post my top 50 every week. Okay, there's 133 teams in college football. I only post my top 50. So you have to draw a lot of conclusions to know what these final teams are going to look like. And you have to have the back end to know what everything. You can't just have the top 50 and have a power rating system, right? So there's a lot of missing information for other people. So that's the first thing is I only release my top 50 like twice a year. I'll do my full 133, okay? But the other thing is, I release those rankings on Wednesday. And as we know, if you're truly going to be a service or someone who's giving winnable picks or winnable information over the long run, you by definition have to be doing that at the market open. So when I do this on Wednesday, it should even reinforce that much more. We're not charging five bucks a month for all this winning info and you can now go 55%. It's more of a way to support that podcast really at the end of the day than anything. You get a bunch of fun stuff with that five bucks and it's just a whole different approach than selling picks or selling information. So appreciate you reaching out again if you'd like to on Twitter at SBD underscore POD and we'll read your comments or questions on the show. Uh, but great question. We are absolutely looking at things the right way if we're asking questions like that. All right, let's move on to our final thing today. We're going to give a pick out. One pick for tomorrow. This pick is for the 27th. Let's be clear about that. Tuesday, the 27th in the NHL. We're going to take the Dallas Stars on the road at the St. Louis Blues. So Dallas on the road at St. Louis. This game's going to be tomorrow night. And I like this game for several reasons. One, pure power ratings play, right? I like the numbers. I think the Dallas should be closer to probably 165. And I do believe it, I think it it closes 160-165 tomorrow. So I think we're just getting ahead of a move here at 150. So that's the first thing. I think it's just power ratings play. But on top of that, um, 
it's a really interesting kind of phenomenon that you see. Whenever there's a holiday break or a big monumental break where players, families in town, they're worried about in-laws coming in and what are we going to do with the travel and all that stuff, there's more of an opportunity for those players and teams to be distracted. So I always love taking the road team in these situations. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but I believe during Thanksgiving, all those games right before the break, the road teams in the NHL went something like 12-2-1 or something like that, right? The loss in overtime. So it was crazy how well the road teams did, and I think we kind of see that trend continue on the tail end of the Christmas break. So Dallas... Not only did they stumble before the break in general, I think that that's going to lead to them wanting to get off to a fast start, but they are on the road. They're traveling together. It's more of a business trip for them. You compare that to St. Louis, who's just wrapped up Christmas at home. They got to worry about getting family members tickets to the game. You know, there's just more of a propensity for distractions for the Blues than there is the Stars. On top of all that, it's a power ratings play. So we'll take the Dallas Stars minus 150 tomorrow in the NHL against the Blues. So... Once again, that's Dallas tomorrow in some hockey. All right, that does it for today's show. Appreciate you listening, and good luck whatever you have going on today or tonight. Hope you catch some winners. We'll talk to you soon right here on Sports Betting Daily.